0: Hello, this is Robert Rickover at at Body Learning, and today my guest is jean Doe Massaero, an Alexander Technique teacher in Montpelier, France. We've been having a series of conversations about the influence of François Delsarte and his younger brother Camille Delsarte on Alexander and the Alexander Technique. I think we've established pretty well that there was an extremely strong influence. We know, for example, that Alexander held himself out as, an, as a Delsart teacher when he was in Australia and that Camille Desartre, uh was living in Tasmania for some 20 years and influenced a lot of the people that Alexander knew in Australia. Uh, one thing we have not talked about is Alexander the Alexander technique concept of inhibition and the question i had for jean doe was um, it, what if any are the influ- the how how if in any way the delsart influence on alexander um, framed his idea about inhibition. And I thought before we begin that conversation it might be good for each of us to give our own super short description of what what we think of as inhibition. How would you like to go first, John Doe?
1: Hello. (laughs) Well, (laughs) thank you. I sprung that on you.
0: (laughs) No, it's fine.
1: Um, I'm not going to give you a Uh, well, long description, but I want to relate the description I'm going to give you to the early Alexander technique, the Alexander technique that uh, that was on in 1896 up till 1814, 1914 somehow, mm. where the Del Sartre influence was great. So it's it's going to be a definition of uh, of inhibition that is uh, that is not uh, similar to the definition I learned in my school of the modern Alexander Technique. Okay. For del Sartre, uh, there are intellectual uh, aspects of organizing the different parts of the torso, which is the center of his his practical system. And uh, he makes a very important distinction between two different uses to employment of the intellectual system that people have. And he says that um, in uh, the guiding, the organization and uh, the willing of the the different movements of the part of the torso, perceptual thinking has no place. It's only what he called action-bound thinking that should be there. So... In order to uh, inhibit the perceptual thinking, thinking about what you feel, Mm -hmm. he introduces mirrors. Mm -hmm. He said that uh, you'd have to project the intellectual instructions to the different parts of your reflection of the torso. So Mm -hmm. that is uh, a definition of uh, inhibition that is, uh, uh, well, uh, the one I'm using at the moment.
0: So it's an indirect way of getting you away from um, relying on s- sensory data. Exactly. Because sensory data, as we all know, could be could be inaccurate. Yeah. And um, and your own method of teaching, which we'll get to more in some subsequent podcasts, but you you would not only suggest the mirror but also um with using Skype video um actually looking at your at this have the student observe themselves as they attempt to follow your instructions and then listen to your commentaries on it basically yes in other words exactly. get get feedback it's kind of it's a different kind of a mirror it's a the mirror from a video camera, but with some some audio component as well yeah it's right. an
1: enhanced mirror e- mi- because, uh, mirror two point yes right. and well it's it's not only in skype lessons of course in skype lesson we only have the the video but right. uh, during uh, um the lessons we give, one to one or one to many, uh, there are, there is always uh, well the adjunct of the video, so that the pupil can work on themselves later on and reason on what they see themselves doing when they are in fact projecting instructions.
0: Okay, so that so up, that that, is, that approach then says even if you're if it's an in-person session, you would record it. Uh, so that so the that student could then come back to the same sort of thing they would come back to with a Skype session.
1: Exactly. A- and that yeah, it's fundamental that the pupil can work on himself using the same reason instruction. And then he can do something even better is that he's going to reason how he could translate the instruction in his practical will differently in order to, in fact, project in his reflection something that is, um, that is more uh, according to the geometrical proposition he was, uh, he was subjected to in the first place, because we, the means whereby of, for example, lengthening the spine uh, have to be very cl- clearly recognized by the, the pupil. And so he's working on on a conscious basis. He's not trying to to make something happen out of thin air. He's really following, uh, like, well, Delsart was using, um, like, diagrams or representation before. You wanted to, in fact, impress the, the your reflection on the mirror. We do the same. We propose to the student a way, a system of coding of actions, so that he can understand every one and each of the action of the torso he has to produce in order to get the spine to lengthen, the neck to be free, and so on.
0: Mm-hmm. So, if if we were to move to um... By comparison to a sort of modern Alexander uh, technique concept of inhibition, which I guess the first thing to say, it has nothing to do with Freud or repression, um, which is pretty useful to, to point out to people. So there are a lot of different ways of um of uh, describing that. I once went to a talk that Marjorie Barlow, Alexander's niece, gave in London around 1980 or so, and she uh, likened inhibition to uh, neutral in a gear shift of a manual transmission car, five-speed in America car. Which a lot of people don 't know about anymore, but um, there are there there are still some people who use manual transmissions, and you have to go through neutral if you 're going to go from first gear to reverse and her idea is that it 's so somewhat analogous to that it 's sort of a brief uh, transitional stopping and then changing direction um, Another definition that, or not, not exactly a definition, but a description from the other Marjorie Marjorie Barstow, American teacher of the technique, who studied with Alexander. She she basically said in her Nebraska language, "Well, if you if there's something you don't want to do, um, and you do something different, then you're not doing the thing you didn't want to do." So that's another. Possible definition of of inhibition, and and there are uh, there are many others, and there are endless debates in the Alexander world of whether Mm -hmm. is inhibition an activity or not an activity, et cetera, et cetera, which I don't think are worth getting into here. But a more general question would be, for you, can you see any hint of Delsarte's influence on the modern view? the the current modern view of inhibition.
1: Um, no, 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 no connection I, at all. I don't know. Be- it's uh, it's it's very very difficult because uh, the technique has changed so much mm-hmm. nowadays that. Uh, um, the, the, the old uh, concept or principles, uh, so for example, there was a principle of uh, mechanical advantage, what we call positions of mechanical advantage, of geometry of mecha- mechanical advantage that was so important at the start of the technique. Nowadays, it's, uh, it's a word that we, un- that we know, that we understand, but um, uh, I was in Limerick during the the big uh, convention this, uh, this last summer and I had a glimpse at uh, uh, the exchange uh, sessions where people were working and I, I watched a little bit and I found none of it in practice. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very, very difficult to relate now the modern Alexander Alexander Technique concept of inhibition uh with uh the Del system and the early Alexander Technique. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I should I should give you an example. Sure. That would make it a bit more uh, concrete because uh, uh, it's like words in the air at the moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, You you know that I I had a a long conversation with the books of Alexander when I translated uh, his four books into French. Yes. in the conversation with the books, very often the books are asking questions about uh, of you, of the translator. You know, mm-hmm. is it the, the question is, do you understand what I mean? <laughs> right. Very often. Right. So I, I want to give you an example of a sentence, and um, I will show you the what we call inhibition, what was called inhibition at the time, and what and, and, and then you can make in your mind the the, the difference with uh, what is now inhibition. Mm-hmm. So there is a, a sentence in Man tense. So I'm using the reprinted version of nineteen forty six so that everybody mm-hmm. will find the reference because mm-hmm. it's the most common one. It's on page one hundred and sixty six. Mm-hmm. So you will see that the sentence is uh, is very very small. It's it's what I, that is what it says. It says Arms hanging vertically in the mirror. Um is a geometry of mechanical advantage. Sorry, I I, I lost it. It says, with the arms hanging vertically, the relative position of that part of the thorax, where the lungs are situated, will be seen to be in front of the arms instead of being as it should be behind them. So let me explain how uh, a translator faced by this sentence will have to react and uh, what procedure, if, uh, if he wants really to go to the bottom of this, he must uh, create in order to check. Mm-hmm. So the first thing in the sentence is Alexander is looking at someone uh, from the side. Because uh, if, you look, if you look at somebody from the front, you can't see the relative position of the parts of the thorax where mm-hmm. uh, the lungs are for, forward or behind right. so that the first thing you have to represent in your mind what the, the man is talking about so the first thing is okay that's a side view it's right. not it's not written you have to you have to reason in order to to make that okay right. so mm-hmm. i um, well I would invite people to look at the sentence and see if they concur. If they think the same as I do, but for the moment, for the sake of the explanation, let's say that we are looking at someone from the side with the arm hung- hanging vertically, which is a quite interesting question because um, while I was in Limerick, I had a photo um, a camera. You know, I took many, many pictures of teachers and students working or resting and uh it was quite interesting to observe the pictures because when they were resting you could see no arms hanging vertically
0: mm-hmm. so
1: that that is quite uh, that is quite strange you know knowing that uh, we are a bunch of people interested in positions of mechanical advantage because you have to understand that um, when you hold a pendulum which is a mechanical object. It's uh, something that has weight that you hold from its upper hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, the resting position is vertical. That's mm-hmm. that's clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But teachers and student uh, position of the arm in resting was not vertical. They were not trained like this. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand that uh, um, the the shoulder has to be, in fact, uh, stiffened against the weight of gravity acting on the arm. Mm-hmm. And um, that is, um, that is uh, well, easy to see in a mirror when you are vertical or not. Yeah. Right. So imagine that you wanted to apply a position of mechanical advantage. So in the mirror, you would, uh, well, intentionally, I mean consciously, direct the top and the bottom of the arm in such a way as to align them to the vertical of gravity. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Okay. So um, after years and years of uh, of training and uh, learning to release, you know, inhibit uh, contractions, uh, it's quite strange that uh, the teacher's arm are not hanging vertically. Mm -hmm. So that that brings another question, and uh, there we uh, we have an uh, well a sentence from Alexander. He says the true uses of the muscular mechanism, the means of placing the body in a position of mechanical advantage, must be studied, where the work will naturally devolve on those muscles intended to carry it out, and the neck will be relaxed consciously that's mansupri right? ten page page fifty eight mm-hmm. so If you relate the two sentences together, now you can see, okay, if the shoulders are are in a state of uh, of, uh, war with gravity, Mm -hmm. and because they are attached to the neck, it's impossible for the neck to be free, isn't it?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I wouldn't exactly say a state of war, but um, what you're saying is the pull's from the your arm if it's not straight are going to create some pulls on the neck that are going to be tough to overcome
1: yeah yeah that's what i'm saying yeah yeah. So the position of mechanical advantage at rest of the arm uh, is uh, vertical. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah. So before we uh, see what is the relative position of the part of the thorax, uh, it's, it's important to first of all uh, come back to inhibition and say, what is it to inhibit in that uh, particular uh, activity of letting the arm be uh, at rest? Yeah. Well, when you use a mirror, you can, uh, of course, set your arm on a vertical position. Mm -hmm. And you know that this is geometrically a position of mechanical advantage because there is no undue uh, contraction on the arm. Mm -hmm. But your perceptual thinking is not going to say the same thing at all. You will – when the arms are hanging vertically, if you have an habit of uh, pulling the arm forward, I can tell you something, is that you're not going to feel at rest
0: at all. Right, exactly. So there will be – yeah. So there's an example of inhibiting what feels right, basically, by using the relatively objective uh, mirror or camera – to see what's actually going on. Yeah. And then... And, and then... Yeah. Okay, and then... And then you are
1: into the realm of uh, action-bound thinking where you decide be, by reason mm-hmm. that hanging vertical is more uh, at rest than not. Mm-hmm. And your feeling is telling you exactly the opposite, right? Your feeling is is like uh, shrieking yes. in the background, yeah. telling you to stop that. <laughs> and just
0: for just for uh, I I've had the uh, privilege of experiencing that very thing working with you recently, and it's it's more than just uh, sit, standing looking at yourself sideways in the mirror, and. And making your arm vertical, it's there, there, it, it has to involve some other stuff, too, which I don't want to get into. But it's a slightly more complex thing to do than just... Well, yeah. yeah.
1: Because the second part of the sentence then comes in. Mm-hmm. Because uh, uh, with the arms hanging vertically... Then you have to check the relative position of the part of the thorax where the lungs are situated. Right, right. And so there's and, there, there's uh, some gravity.
0: Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, I, I I think it might not probably be best not to get into details on that. But it yeah. it's yeah. more than just it's just more than deciding to straighten your arm. Let's put it that way. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And of and and that also ties in. And I think we I'd like to come to and I think we've. We've got a pretty good idea now of what Delsart's implicit concept of inhibition was, right? Yes. Um, but just as a final take on that particular example that you just gave, elsewhere in, I believe it's Man's Supreme Inheritance, I don't have the page reference handy, Alexander asks of himself, or or he says he he asks a question that actually seems like a very uh, reasonable question to ask, which is, how can I tell if someone has good use or not? Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's his question. And then, amazingly enough, he gives an extraordinarily precise answer to that question. Not just whether it's good or not, but how good. You can tell exactly how good it is. And, um, it's basically watch the person from behind standing normally and look at the palms of their hand, hands. And if they're facing backwards, the guy's got perfect use. And if they're facing forward, he's got terrible use, which we could talk about for a second. And if they're facing in towards his body, well, just sort of average run of the mill use. And, um, the forward parts embarrassing because you don't really see people walking around with the palms of their hands facing forward in fact the only time you see that is in it is the uh position of um what's the term it's a almost like an anthropological term uh but it is it is how physical anthropologists would ask Uh, Natives to stand to be sketched or photographed so they could make comparative measurements more easily. So no real person actually goes around with their palms forward. But Alexander may never have seen an Aboriginal. He just saw sketches of them. Who knows? I mean, they were all wiped out in Tasmania by the time he came along. and so we could discount that as pathetic, but the other side of the thing, hand and palms facing backwards, is also a little iffy because some people have their palms facing backwards and have terrible use. But there is a, a strong kernel of truth in it as well, related to what you were just talking about. Would you not agree? Yes, that's clear. That with, because, when do, because when you uh, do when you do what you need to do to really uh, have your arms straight and and integrate it with the rest of you, your palms are gonna be facing backwards. Yeah. So but <laughs> but, but it's but a consequence. He, right, it's a consequence. Oh, absolutely to put the, yeah. absolutely <laughs> it's a consequence, but it was enough of a consequence that Alexander felt okay saying, hey, this is an absolute way to measure use. And I encourage Alexander teachers to go around observing their contemporaries and their Teaching course directors and anyone out there, and just catch them off guard. Look at what they do with their hands when they're standing and see if they satisfy Alexander's <laughs> universal use test criteria. But that's a bit of an aside. But I think we've covered the inhibition stuff pretty well, don't you think? Yes, I think so. So let's, let's, uh, let's, we're going to, we're going to. We got a lot more podcasts to do today. So uh, my my guest today has been uh, Jean-Daud Massero, an Alexander Technique teacher in Montpellier, France. Uh, Jean-Daud, thank you so much.
1: You're welcome.